What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Big Uglies Podcast, where the trenches enter the spotlight. We got a really awesome episode for you guys today. Um, not only do we have a special guest in Quinn Miners, the gut, um, but we're also going to help him raise some money for Hugs for Elena, the charity that he has been promoting himself. Um, and with that, we are going to be doing the biggest giveaway we've ever done. So not only are myself and Stan going to buy our own shirts um, to support the cause, but we're also going to be giving away five t-shirts. So when we tweet this out, it's going to be on the Big Uglies Pod Twitter account. And it's the simplest thing to enter. It's going for a great cause. It's completely free. So I don't know why you want to do this. But all you have to do is follow the count, like and retweet, and you're going to be entered and we're going to be picking five people to win these t-shirts. Um, so like I said, it's going to do a great cause. Um, entering to get this out would be, mean a lot because not only can you buy a t-shirt, even if you don't win it, you can also just give money through the GoFundMe as well. Um, so it's a pretty awesome thing. And, and having Quinn on, he's going to talk about it in, in, in a little bit in the show. Um, but we wanted to do our own part and, and help him support as almost like a little thanks for him uh, for giving him our time to interview him. Um, and also in the show, not much really going around in the NFL right now in terms of uh, any free agency talk or trades or whatever. Main thing that we want to talk about, at least I want to talk about, is J.J. Watt choosing Arizona over Green Bay, Steelers, Bills, Browns. Pretty crazy move I from out of left field, in my opinion. Um, so was he chasing the money? Uh, kind of seems like a J.J. Um, so I want to hit on that as well. Then after that, we are going to have the interview portion. Um, yeah, so with that being said, let's just get right into it. J.J. Watt news. You can already tell from my tone of saying that. I'm kind of surprised he did it. Kind of disappointed, honestly, in J.J. Stan, what are your thoughts? Being a Packers fan, of, and like you could have went home for the Packers and chased for a ring. What are your thoughts and opinions on J.J. Watt going to the Cardinals? Yeah, I mean, I think it would have been – I mean, obviously, I would have loved to have him in Green Bay. It would have been fun if, you know, the money could have worked or whatever. Um, it seems like, yeah, with with who he ended up going with, the Cardinals, they gave him a lot of guaranteed money for someone his age and with his his injury profile or, you know, his injury history. So, um, you know, and I'm never going to knock a, a guy for trying to get as much ath- money as he can. You know, these athletes have short short uh, shelf time, like short – career spans and and they're putting their body on the line trying to provide for their family so i I, i'm never going to fault a guy for going for more money but with that said you know a guy like jj who he had a lot of options on teams that maybe were i mean i don't want to completely discount arizona but you know more contenders teams that look like they're closer to a, a super bowl run or something like that and um you know not only that but he had he had connections in many places you know like in Green Bay, where he's from Wisconsin, Pittsburgh, where his brothers play, um, even places like Chicago, where his his wife plays uh, for the for the soccer team in, in Chicago. It just seemed like there were a lot of other options that people were expecting. And I mean, I don't think this is just a surprise to us. Like Vegas didn't even have like when they have, you know, the odds for where J.J. Watt's going to play next year like Arizona wasn't even listed. They were in, you know, the field. So this was kind of a. Um, a surprise move for sure. But, um, you know, again, JJ, if he, you know, feels like that's best for him and his family, you know, all respect to him for doing that. Yeah. It's a classic case of when guys, you can't like, especially like, I feel like I'm saying just us as players, I feel like you can't fault guys when they go get their bag, their money, because 
if anything happens, the teams will cut him in a second. They don't give a damn about the players. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I feel like it's a classic case of that where like at the end of the day, I can't I can't be mad about it. But I think as a fan, like I was really hoping he went either to Green Bay or Steelers for sure. Um, or even just like a Super Bowl team, in my opinion, like the Bills had a, such like, mm-hmm. you know, I think like you're saying, I don't want to discount the Cardinals because they are a good team. They have a lot of pieces. Um, but it was just so, so random to me. I was just I was just not expecting that at all when he posted that picture. Kind of kind of threw me off. I was like, I thought it was a joke at first. I had to make sure it was his real account. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like you're saying, I'm not mad. I mean, you can't fault him for it, but it would have been cool to, to see him play in Green Bay, I think, you know, chasing a serious ring and, and kind of – he's already made $100 million in his career. And granted, that's before taxes and all the agent stuff and fees, but, like, he also has a ton of uh, sponsors and all that stuff. So he's definitely not hurting for money. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's. It, I think it's a weird, tough situation to judge, but you definitely can't be mad ever for a guy trying to go get the most money you can. For sure. Now, in terms of how this impacts the Cardinals, what do you like? How do you see that? Because for me, you know, I mean, the Cardinals are like kind of a weird enigma of a team this last year, where in the beginning of the season, it seemed like they actually had a good chance of making some noise. They had some good wins. They, you know, beat the Seahawks in overtime on Monday night. One, uh, I think it was week seven or eight or something like that. And then, you know, they had that Hail Mary win against the Bills. Um, but then towards the end, they really struggled. They really, they really struggled to get their footing um, towards the end of the year. Yeah. But then also just positionally, like him fitting on that team, that defense already has a lot of playmakers. I mean, you know, Chandler Jones on the other on the other end, um, who I think he has the most sacks in the league since 2010 or something like that. Like he's got a crazy amount of yeah. sacks in the past decade. I mean, he's you forget how how dominant he was at times with the uh, with the Patriots, um, but. And then on top of that, you know, they got some good playmakers in the backfield. Uh, Buda Baker's a, a solid a solid piece, great safety. He makes a lot of good plays. And then they have young guys like Isaiah Simmons, who was a weird case this year where everyone thought he was going to be like a stud right off the get-go, like the get kind of a hybrid linebacker safety type player, but never really um, got a ton of playing time this year, although, you know, he made a game-saving, game-winning interception, essentially, against the Seahawks in overtime. But with that said, Arizona's got a chance to make some noise. Um, I think that they have the pieces there to whether they can put it all together. Um, but they're also in a very difficult uh, division. They have the Seahawks and Russ in that division. They got the 49ers who are going to get healthy this year. They're going to get guys back. They always still have Kyle Shanahan. And then you got the Rams who, you know, just brought in a new quarterback, Matt Stafford, and they got a lot of pieces there too. It's a a really good division. So, you know, it's going to be, I just, I just don't see, I don't see how Arizona is going to come out of that. I don't know if JJ Watt is going to be like a needle pushing move at this point. You know, he's kind of, he seemed to me more of like a, a guy to add to a championship roster that could bring you over the top more so than like a, bring a middling team into serious contention. So, um, yeah, I don't know, honestly, if it changes any sort of the scope of the league or how it looks or how the playoffs might turn out. But, um, you know, that's not to say that that's not to say that, uh, Arizona, you know, they're not going to be, they're not going to improve from JJ Watt. They will. Um, but you know, it would have been fun to see a a bigger move to a a better team maybe so that, you know, that, that team would have a, a, you know, a piece to make a run for the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, I, I'll be the first to admit, last year, I was drinking the, the Cardinals Kool-Aid. Um, I was very high on them preseason. I drafted Kyler in my fantasy, which he didn't disappoint in fantasy, that's for sure. Um, but towards the end of the year, I agree. They f- fell off a cl- in a lot of areas. And one, my first reaction was him and Chandler Jones, it's going to be awesome to watch. Like, that's just – I think Jones was first and Watt was third, I think, in, in that in that chart with, like, the most sacks since whatever year. So they have two animals now on the D line, and uh, their defense is solid for sure. Buda Baker's a, definitely he doesn't get the picks, so like I think people don't, they don't view him as like a really sick safety, but he's really really good. Um, but my my biggest concern with the Cardinals, I'm not like I'm not too sold on their coach. I'm not like the I'm not the yeah. biggest uh, Cliff Kingsbury fan to say the least. Like I, I that hire I thought was very odd even from the get go. I felt like they were trying to find like the next Sean McVay type of guy. Like a young, young, slick guy looking. Um, so I'm not super sold on him yet, and I think they have. A, I think they have a little ways to go with that offense. Uh, like in the beginning, I think that's what happened. Like beginning of the year, that offense was really good and working really well. And then, like a lot of things in the NFL, the defensive coaches are just so good; they'll figure out how to shut you down. And yep. I think that was their problem. Like Kyler Murray, his production, at least as a rushing threat, like basically fell off the face of the earth once like week 10 or so hit. So I think, I think their offense is a bigger question mark to me than their defense, but to, like summarize everything. I agree in that. I don't think JJ Watt, like all of a sudden makes them a, you know, Super Bowl team or by any stretch of imagination, you know, he's kind of yeah. just like, he's just a solid piece to add. Like, it's not like they're all of a sudden the favorites in the NFC West, let alone the NFC. Yeah, no, it, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, it, it, at the same time, it will be fun to see a big name in a different uh, new location. Um, you know, it, it makes that division even more more competitive. And so, you know, for me as a, a Packers fan, as a fellow NFC team fan, it's nice that those teams will kind of just beat up on each other even more now. But um, yeah, it, it just every time I think of him being in Arizona, just like, man, what could have been if he was in green bay or if he was in pittsburgh or yeah like you said even place like uh buffalo it just seems like it would be more fun that way but you know it always yeah, seems like it always seems like the most obvious place a player should go and never ends up actually happening so yes yeah, that's so true um what was i gonna say oh the, the nfc west pass rushers since we, we got to talk about it since we're crazy you know the big guy no line I feel bad for the we got NFC pass NFC O line NFC West O line. My God, God bless. You're playing Donald, um, Armstead, Bosa. Now you have Watt and Chandler Jones. Like they have just every week in week out. You're just playing Ford. Like oh. there's a there's a lot of beasts out there in the NFC West. So yeah, no, it's pray for any O line in the NFC West. Honestly. There's so there is a, a ton of memes with like they're, they're showing Ross Ross like running away like uh the Forrest Gump meme with like him just booking oh, yeah. it. It was like it was like <laughs> Ross once he heard the news. Yeah, he, yeah. Maybe he'll even want to leave more so now because of this move. I don't know. Well, I think that was smoke and mirrors, but that's still a question mark too. I, him and Dak, there's some big names out there floating around. Watson, a lot yeah. of quarterbacks not settled down. No, things are going to be things are going to be moving in the next couple of weeks, but yeah, I mean the NFC West in general, I think, is going to be definitely a division a division to watch this year. Um, 
So with that, let's move on to the interview with Quinn Miners. Um, I think anyone who's who listens to this podcast and follows our account, uh, you know, we've been hyping him up. I think almost the entirety of the NFL community kind of hyped him up around the uh, uh, the Senior Bowl when he had his little viral viral video picture of him with his gut out uh, prior to an interview with the NFL Network. So um, we're hyped to get him a product out of. Wisconsin Whitewater D3 uh, powerhouse. Uh, so it's always fun, especially for us being former D3 football players to be able to talk to a guy like that, who's going to be, you know, ending up living out his dream playing football in the NFL. So um, without further ado, let's get to that. Let's go. Charges on three. One, two, three. Charges. So this is a pretty special episode. Not only do we have an awesome guest and fellow member of the D3 nation, I might add, but we also get to help promote an awesome cause. Now I'm sure mostly everyone listening to this is already somewhat familiar with our guest after going viral at the senior bowl for his belly outlook. But I also don't want that to be overshadowed by how well he played. Um, and as a result, just flying up the draft boards, hailing from Wisconsin whitewater, please welcome to the show Quinn miners. Yeah. Thank you guys for, for having me on the show. You know, I'm kind of excited to, you know, give my background on, on myself and, you know, talk a little bit about uh, my, my uh, fundraiser. Yeah, definitely. I, I mostly when I reached out to you, I had a few things in mind. One, I wanted people to be able to get to know you beyond just the belly look. Now I know that's like a hilarious picture and it went viral and that's how everyone, and including myself, I'm not going to lie. That's how I found you as well. Um, but I like to have my platform, you know, we do this show because we like to showcase the big guys, who they are off the field, not just like having their bellies out as a funny meme. Um, and two, what you're doing as a result of your like rise to, to social media fame, um, the Hugs for Elena mission. So I just want to give you the floor right now um, to start because I don't know if everyone, you know, listens to the whole interview. Um, so if people dip out early, I want to make sure they hear this part because this is super important and we can get into the details and everything um, in a little bit, but just to uh, give some background on who it is and how you're connected and, you know, what you're trying to do. Yeah. So the Hugs, Hugs for Elena, uh, it's a, it's a fundraiser uh, helping support um, a 14 year old girl. Um, she is actually the daughter of my offensive line coach um, in high school. So, you know, I've, I've kind of seen the stress of, you know, she has a rare form of glute one and she needs help finding life-saving treatment. So she has, you know, she's been going throughout this in her entire life and I wanted to find a way to be able to help her. So use the, the, the following that I've been able to gain, make a cool shirt that's kind of funny, you got the belly hanging out, whatever, and then have those proceeds go. So it's kind of getting, you know, doing two cool things at once. Yeah, absolutely. That That's awesome. Always love to uh, see anything, um, you know, that can help the community, um, especially around, around, uh, your hometown. And, um, I guess I, a question I have is how can people get involved and, and help with raising monies for this, uh, raising money for this cause? So on my, um, on Instagram and on Twitter, I, I tweeted out and it should be my, my pinned tweet. Um, I have a link to the shop where you can go and you can get a, a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, or there's two hats. Um, and, and if you want to do more, or maybe you don't want to invest or, you know, buy some of the, you know, the merchandise that I have, there is also a, um, a GoFundMe set up for, uh, on the hugs for Elena, um, Twitter page. You can find that and, and go that way. But yeah, so those are the two ways to, to help out. And, and upon releasing this, I'm obviously going to 
you know, blast out all those links to the t-shirts and GoFundMe and everything too. Um, so it should be pretty easily accessible. Now, one thing that, you know, I thought about when, you know, doing some research of what I was going to ask and, and say, I think this is pretty awesome what you're doing. I, I feel like a lot of guys would have got this fame and kind of run, run with it. You know what I mean? And, and made t-shirts and just try to profit for themselves and, and like beginning to do their own brand. So why was it so important for you? You know, like what made you do this immediately to think, you oh, know, I'm going to help someone else besides myself first. I, to me, you know, personally, it's, it's just felt like a no brainer. Uh, you know, I, a lot of people, you know, as I've been watching the last couple of draft classes, see like everybody comes out with their own personal brand and merch and they try to make another, you know, type of income. And I, I think that's just not um, what I want to do. I wanted to ha have some, you know, since high school, I've wanted to help out my offensive line coach. You know, I've seen this, the stress of, of having this, you know, not only, you know, working a job and, and being a dad and, and all those types of things, being a good coach, you know, those are, those are tough things to do on top of, you know, doing stuff like that. So I always wanted to find a way to help. And I didn't know what, I just know I wanted to. And it was like, all right, well, I just got 10,000 new followers on Instagram. What can I do to, you know, so I, it was instantly. So it was like, I had two weeks like, Hey, I got this cool following. I started messaging some people to try to, um, you know, get something put together quickly and, and get it out. And I'm really uh, happy with the results. Yeah, that's, that's great. And we, uh, we're, we're lucky to be able to help you in any way, help Elena in any way. Um, that, that should be fun. And hopefully, hopefully the big guy community can come through and uh, help out with this cause. Um, now, I want to take you back to your hometown and, and high school. And, you know, before all this, all this has started for you um, with, you know, now, you know, be, being an NFL prospect, getting into the draft and all those things. Um, I am from Minnesota, so, you know, I'm fairly familiar with Wisconsin. I'm actually a Green Bay Packers fan. And I guess that's my first question. One, are you a Packers fan? And two, if you do, um, I, I'd like to know of the last decade, what the most crushing uh, Packers moment is, because I know for the last decade, it's been, it's been tough ever since we won that Super Bowl in 2010. Yeah. So unfortunately I'm going to crush it right away and say, I was a oh. Packers fan. I was a Packers fan uh, when, when the Brett Favre era. And so, so I kind of followed Brett Favre growing up, you know, I was, you know, when he went to the jets and all the, the cool Vikings run that he had. And then uh, I did do a research paper in middle school on a, on an athlete. And I did, I decided to do Tom Brady and I instantly <laughs> kind of, kind of fell in love with his story. So, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> that's so perfect. I'm, I'm definitely killing you here, but, uh, so, <laughs> so not, not a, pay, uh, I'm a Tom Brady fan. I, I would say I'm mostly football fan, but I, I kind of enjoy to like, you know, per, like look at certain players. So it's, I'm a Tom Brady fan. So sorry. It's you know it's it's just funny you say that because being a Packers fan you know I I was hoping with Wisconsin guy that would be able to relate but not only that we Pat and I we both played uh, we played ball out east for uh, in college and all of our buddies best buddies are are big Patriots fans and love Tom <laughs> Brady and so just I didn't have a problem with Tom Brady or the Patriots or anything I have lots of respect for that organization for Tom Brady but over time just being around Patriots fans and how how yeah. spoiled they've been in the last decade. It was, yeah. it was horrible no. to be around yeah. them during that, those four years, but I, I get it. I, I, I understand it. Yeah, for sure. I think there's been, you know, cause I am surrounded by a tons of Packers fans, you know, being in Wisconsin. I mean, 
yeah. I'm pretty sure that playoff loss to the Seahawks is <laughs> way back when with that. Yeah, yeah. That, so there's there's quite a there's quite a few. Yeah, that's the, I I definitely I I always look to anytime I meet a new Packers fan I look to uh, share my my uh, sorrow with them. But uh, you know, no worries with that. I I understand. I'm sure you get enough crap from your friends back home uh, on it. Yeah. I get it from from being from Minnesota, so I totally get it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, go ahead. I was, gonna, I was gonna say I can, it's it's tough to blame you because I like as a basketball fan. I'm, I just always follow LeBron. So a lot of people, yeah, I like LeBron. a lot of people always had beef with me. Like you just picked him cause he was good. I'm like, well, yeah, kind of like it was, it was great. Well, he's follow. good. He's a good dude. Like he does a lot of cool things. Like, exactly. So I see where you're coming it, it from. It does help. That, it does help that he wins. Yeah, exactly. Know, it helps that he wins, but it's, it's something to, you know, watch during the playoffs for me being from Pittsburgh and not having a team. So I've always followed him. So I, I can relate to, you know, coming outside of your city to follow somebody. So Quinn, I do have a couple questions for you. Uh, again, relating to Wisconsin, um, a lot of them are food based. You know, being big guys, I mean, I'm sure you're very, very in tune with the Wisconsin, you know, Midwest food scene. So my first question, one, is uh, this is Wisconsin specifically, Cops or Culvers for uh, for uh, frozen custard? Culvers by far. That's not even a question. Culver's I've been trying to tell. I've been trying to tell Pat about the concrete mixers, man, and and the butter burgers. I, I cannot wait to get out of Texas and come back north. And <laughs> as soon as I'm done with my pro day, I'm going straight to Culver's. And I'm getting a mushroom and Swiss burger with cheese curds, <laughs> ranch, and a concrete. It is and a nice little tray. I'm gonna go sit down oh, yeah. and then have fun. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember. I remember as a kid growing up, you know, in the in the kids' meals, you get used to get the little tickets, and we would always build those up until. We, I, I think I have like three or four of the Culver's basketballs, like still at my house. Cause we just used to me and my brothers, I have three brothers. We used to just stack those and try to get like as much That's as we awesome. love. Absolutely yeah. love Culver's. And then in the summer, the lemon ices are always awesome. Oh my gosh, dude, you're speaking my language. This brings me back <laughs> yeah. to my childhood. It's bad. Yeah. Man. That's I haven't had a lemon ice in forever. Do they even still do that? I think they do. I it's been, I don't live I've in this one anymore, man. but I don't think about it. <laughs> yeah. I've and, never, and Go ahead, Pat. I've never been to Culver's, and I'm, like maybe every other like a bi-weekly like situation on the episodes, it somehow gets brought up with our guests. And the closest one is in Cleveland, so I've been I've been tempted to to make the drive <laughs> solely out of everyone <laughs> everyone talking about how good this place is. And it's, yeah, if you get in cheese curds, I'll, I'll try a couple without ranch, and then you put it dip it in the ranch. <laughs> See, I'm a I'm a ketchup guy with the cheese curds, and actually, cheese curds was another question I was gonna ask you because we we earlier did a draft uh, on the podcast uh, of like appetizers, and I I picked cheese curds <laughs> in my in my in my uh, draft, and and Pat said he's not super familiar with it, and he's from Pittsburgh, which is technically Midwest. It's technically Midwest, but like if you don't know a cheese curd, if you've never had cheese curds, then yeah. you're not from the Midwest. So mm-hmm. I did, like it's just different in the Midwest and specifically in wisconsin go to any local sports bar and order the cheese curds and they'll be the best mm-hmm. cheese curds you've ever had yeah now. or or if you come to a wisconsin state fair oh yeah those <laughs> so the state fair wisconsin food is where you get the best cheese well, curds. time out is it minnesota or wisconsin state fair better i wasn't gonna bring it up, is that a little beef there minnesota i don't, I don't even know biggest... anything oh. i don't know anything about this i i'm not even throwing shade but uh <laughs> I, I will say uh we do have summer fest so 
Yeah, that's true. Summerfest is, I, I haven't been, I meant to go. Like I, we tried to plan some trips, me and my friends, but Summerfest is a good, definitely a, a, a place I need to get before, uh, before that eventually ends. And man, with, you know, with COVID and whatnot, who knows when things like that are going to come back. Yeah. You know, you know what this boils down to though? I went and visited Stan out in Minneapolis and then we went to Wisconsin for a few days. This, this is you being a bad host for not letting like taking any of these places to get cheese curds. That's that's fair. I'll take some blame for that. But at the same time, if, okay. if you're going to if you're going to claim Pittsburgh's Midwest and you don't even know what a cheese curd is like, get out of here. here I know what they place. are. I just haven't had them anyway. <laughs> one of the other things um, that Stan wanted to talk about was spotted cow beer, which is interesting because I saw this beer, I think, on Instagram and TikTok. People were reviewing it and I didn't know it was like a Wisconsin thing. And maybe it's not. I, I'm assuming it is because he had it down here. Um, but like, what's that? What's that all about? What's a spotted cow beer all about? Because I saw it; it looks good, just because the label's kind of cool. New Glarus. Yeah. So for me, I'm not a drinker whatsoever. So I've never even had a spotted cow. But I do have people around me that do enjoy a spotted cow. And yeah, it's made in Wisconsin, New Glarus, Wisconsin. It's New Glarus spotted cow. And from what I've heard, it's just like that's the best. Like people will like out you know, out in Pennsylvania, they will, if they're in Wisconsin, they will buy a bunch of it and then put it in the back of their car or, and bring it back. Like people really? will, will take it from Wisconsin and bring it back to wherever they're going. Like you put that, I mean, you know, if you want to be a little, you know, special with your brats, you do, you do spotted cow with the brats, you know, Ooh, you know uh, that sounds good. So I, I've only heard really good things about, about spotted cow, especially on a, in a bottle. So not that I need a bottle. It's got to be the bottle. Yeah, I just know that that runs deep in in Wisconsin culture, and like any of my friends who went to Madison, they always <laughs> they always you know, spotted cow seems to be something I always hear about, and we don't I like it's hard to find in Minnesota. In certain spots, you can find it, but um, yeah, the only time I really like have it is when I'm in Wisconsin. But um, yeah, from what I can tell, it's like a special occasion because like if they're not drinking bush light. They're, pr- yeah. they're going to be drinking spotted. So it's like <laughs> bush lights, like an everyday kind of a thing or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And spotted cow is like the, it's like, it's a birthday party or like something special. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a, yeah, that's, that's gold out there in Wisconsin. That's, that's for the only special occasion. Beer. Times. Exactly. Special exactly. Occasion yeah. beer. See, I, so, I'm, a, I'm, I'm just going to say I'm a big beer guy and I don't say that as like, I'm one of those IPA guys who like are annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whenever like, I go to a new city or place, I like to try like their beer, their whatever. So I'm gonna have to mark this down as you know something I need to try next time. Yeah, for sure. Season. Ever in the area, I think. I mean, I don't know from experience, but like when I I just only heard good things from other people. So all right, I'll have to mark that down. Cheese curds and spotted cow beer. That's I mean that's the combo. Right and Culver, Culver is Culver is what ice cream or custard? Yeah frozen custard oh yeah so so quinn another question i have for you is i was i was doing a little bit of snooping around your hometown of what is hartford Mm -hmm. yep hartford i i saw that there's a bar in your town called big guys which i mean for us like i feel like we should get a sponsorship going or something with them (laughs) can you tell me whether or not big guys in hartford wisconsin is just the most classic midwest local bar of all time because i saw it i saw like a picture of the inside and it looks like every bar i've ever been to in like northwest wisconsin or yeah, yeah. just in wisconsin in general 100 percent. and <laughs> i i was just doing 
a little bit looking, just refreshing my memory. I mean, it's on, it's by the lake, you know, Pike Lake, where we all go to all the time. Uh And so it's just one of those, you know, little bars on the lake. It's got the awesome bar food. I mean, there's tons of those little things all across, like near, near lakeside. So, you know, long day of ice fishing. I don't do a lot of ice fishing, but when I do, it's, you know, go get some nice, nice food. And, but yeah, there's, (laughs) I think it's funny that there's, I wasn't like super familiar. I was like, oh yeah, there is a place called Big Guys over there. Like, that's <laughs> hilarious. Because usually yeah, I, I go to like a fish fry place, but yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fish fry. Yeah, exactly. I, that, that screams to me like one of those places that would, yeah, every Monday it's a fish fry or, you know, special on, mm-hmm. on cheese curds, like on Tuesdays or something like that. So I, yeah. I, I love those kind of, those kind of, you know, not, they're not dive bars. They're just local, local little joints that you really only know if you are a local. So I, mm-hmm. I love those kind of places. Um, the last question I have, and this is something that kind of popped up a little bit in the news around, uh, around Christmas, uh, in Minnesota, because we liked, we like to make fun of Wisconsinites. Um, but the carnivore sandwiches, do you, do you as a family, does your family actually have carnivore sandwiches? And like, I, I don't understand how that becomes a thing for, and for anyone who doesn't know what that is, could you explain that to them? So we don't do it a lot, but I have done it before. And so, so here we go. We'll, we'll uh, explain it. So pretty much it's, you got your rye bread. So you got a nice little platter. You got your rye bread, you got your onions and a pile of raw meat. <laughs> it's what? literally like raw, raw, like raw, like ground beef. And so it's, you know, cannibal sandwiches, you know, you just grab a little piece of rye bread, put the meat, put the raw meat on a little bit of onions on top and there you go. You're good. Yeah. And cannibal sandwiches. Kidding. I, I accidentally said carnivore, but yeah, cannibal sandwiches. I remember I saw this article and they were like, well, if you're going to do it, you know, you should use a, a better cut like steak. Don't just use like ground beef. You'd find in a package. And I, I don't know. It's just a hilarious, like, weird like and only in wisconsin i literally had never heard of it in minnesota before (laughs) hearing about that and then one of my friends from wisconsin i asked him about it he's like oh yeah we have it every christmas i I couldn't believe it yeah that's that's definitely yeah definitely during the holidays that's like a big thing or like packer game snacks or something like that so so yeah it's definitely a thing Uh, i don't i'm not like a huge like i'd maybe one i think if if you see someone that's going up for seconds or thirds with that kind of a you know, then there's maybe a little bit of a problem because you can all eat so much raw meat. You know, you're kind of risking, you're kind of risking it a little bit. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Well, we recently had an interview with Brandon Parker. He plays on the Raiders. And he was talking about chicken livers and mayonnaise banana sandwiches. And that, like, what's going on here? Now you got raw, just uh, eating raw meat. Yeah. That's just, that's a wild time. Um, but I, now kind of moving out of the the this crazy food talk right now, <laughs> And somewhat interested to like the like the culture of of your hometown and Wisconsin in general in terms of Wisconsin whitewater. Um, I my friend, one of my best friends in high school, went to Mount Union uh, for college football, and it was always it, like no one ever viewed it as like D three. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of like that's kind of cool. You're going to Mount Union, like they're so good. Um, and uh, every time I post like your highlights, and there's always people commenting like because I always hype it up like D three versus D one or whatever. And uh, people always comment like, "Yeah, but that's Wisconsin whitewater. Like, that's, they they have dogs and stuff." Um, so, like, where you're from, is it kind of like you've clout like going to Wisconsin whitewater, or is it is it viewed like oh, it's D three? You know what I mean? Uh, I mean? That's what I'm trying to get at here. Yeah. So it's kind of 
you know, everyone in Wisconsin is trying to go to the Badgers. Like that's just right. kind of, you know, it's, there's that one, you know, we got the one big, you know, D one school and that's kind of, you know, you're for from sure. Wisconsin, you want to go play for the Badgers. Like that's where like the most like clout or whatever is kind of, it's kind of there. But then uh, other than that, I mean, the entire conference of, you know, I mean, Whitewater, yeah, you know, there's that cool cloud of like, yeah, you're at Whitewater. But I think it's almost a conference, too, because it's really cool to, you know, play against your buddies in the in the conference. I mean, a bunch of my guys, you know, my senior year in high school, we all went different ways. It was cool to see each other. But I think there's there's definitely a lot of respect, you know, at, at Whitewater. I mean, the fans are insane. Like, we have, you know, 10,000 people at games, and it's, like, consistently, and it's pretty cool to have that. So I'd say – you know, if you don't get to the Badgers and you go to Whitewater, I think, you know, you're sitting good. And now when you were getting recruited in high school and, and considering where you're going to college, was it mainly D3 schools or were you were you thinking about, were you getting looks from places like, uh, you know, Madison or other D1 schools? Uh, what, what, what did your recruiting process look like? <clears throat> so out of, out of high school, I had zero zero D one. So I, I've never had a division one offer walk on anything. I did have one division two offer uh, out of St. Cloud state. Uh, and unfortunately they don't have a football team at this point. But <laughs> yeah, I forgot. I was going to say that. it's yeah, a yeah. hockey school, right? Yeah. It yeah is. So, so, so it's tough to, to see that. And then, yeah, a handful of division <laughs> three schools in Wisconsin. So it just made the most sense to, you know, stay close to home, you know, play for a great tradition and, you know, they had a great school as well. So kind of crossed off the three boxes, stay close to home, really good school, really good football program. Absolutely. And I also saw that you wrestled in high school and I also saw a clip of you dunking pretty easily. So I don't know if you mean, I might play basketball too. You're just a freak athlete, sneaky freak athlete. Um, but I think a lot of people probably don't know that a lot of really good linemen were wrestlers in high school, very good wrestlers. Tristan Wirfs is probably the most, perfect recent example of this he was like a stud wrestler um so do you think that helped you at all in the trenches and if so like how did wrestling translate to your play on the field a hundred percent i think if you're a big guy and you're listening to this go to wrestling do wrestling man like i understand it's going to be really tough practices and and tough whatever but it's going to make you better on the football field so if you're if your main goal is to get better at the football field it's, you know, you can only get so much done in the weight room. I think there's a part of, uh, especially in high school, to, you know, be a multi-sport athlete, not, you know, do football season for a couple months and then sit in the weight room all year. I think there's a huge part of, in wrestling, I mean, you're, you're learning your body position, like in, in certain balancing, like you're, you're drilling single leg takedowns all day and you're learning how to balance, like balance on one foot and you're hopping on it and stuff. Obviously in a football position, like that's not, you know, it's not great to be in if you're ever on one leg. If you're ever yeah. on one leg, it's bad. But I mean, at least that's like you're not going to freak out. Like you're going to be like, all right, yeah. yep, I got to get this leg down, do this type of pressure because you learn how to defend a single leg takedown. So there's you know learning body position. I think big guys, you know, for heavyweight, we do a lot of underhooks and upper body stuff, and that's all about you know handwork and, and doing stuff like that. And I mean, I find myself in in underhooks or overhooks, and I understand how to use them. You know, so if I have an underhook and I'm still trying to get a reach block, so like I said, I missed a punch and then my hand kind of slides across. I mean, I can kind of, you know, do one of those, which is kind of like mm. a slide by in wrestling. So there's, there's, there's uh, definitely like some, sometimes you'll see me wrestling out there. Like there was a, oh, yeah. uh, I was, I was pulling on power one time and this linebacker like kind of shot across and he was going to kind of cut me. 
And I just did a, I did a slide by thing and grabbed a hit, like two point takedown, like a little spin around. Like it's, mm-hmm. it just happens naturally. So yeah, wrestling, you got to do it. Yeah, I, I always kick myself and, and kind of get on my dad for not forcing me to, to one, wrestle and two, in the spring, you know, do something like uh, track and field throwing where you're basically just lifting all the time. Cause I, I was trying to be a hero, trying to be like cool and playing hockey and baseball in, in, you know, the winter and in the spring. And that was doing do Jack. I mean, that didn't do anything for me as an offensive lineman. So if I wanted to be a super <laughs> offensive lineman, like best I could have been, I would have, I would have quit hockey, quit baseball and started wrestling and started doing track and field or just, just lifting in the spring. Cause that's, that's the best way to, to really, you know, improve as an offensive lineman for sure. I, I, in my opinion, as when it comes to other sports, hundred percent. And that's why when I try to tell, you know, I, I didn't want to do wrestling, but, but um, a person that I respected in high school, you know, he's a junior on the football team. He was like, Hey, if you want to get better at football, you need to join wrestling, you know, and I really expect respected his opinion. So that's why I'm a huge advocate for it. So if I ever talk to a football mm. player or anything like that, I make sure I tell him to do wrestling because of how much it helped me. You know, I didn't want to be a wrestler. I didn't like the, you know, the anxiety before matches and stuff like that. So, but you, you got to do it. Yeah. And, and I know a lot of current NFL guys, I think more so D lineman than O lineman. Um, but a lot of them, a lot of them practice like the martial arts and like jujitsu in the, in the off season and work like Aaron Donald works with those knives and everything. Um, so like hand fighting and just learning that, you know, different body stuff. I think it's super, like really key um for Lyman it could be super mm-hmm. helpful super helpful like like uh I, I've seen you know Quentin Nelson do it a couple of times you know if someone you know kind of comes low you know head down a little bit snap down that's yeah. wrestling sna- snap them down you want to go there boom that's it. so like <laughs> take them there you know you bounce their head off the canvas like you know Conor McGregor <laughs> says like there you go you want to go down there you know you, you can do it so you can you can even get in your little inside collar tie and pull the helmet down but yeah, I, I I think I think Worst did that one time, and everyone was really up in arms about it, like how he brought down at the end, and like people were saying that like yeah, that, should be, that should be illegal or whatever, because he like took basically took his back collar and he just tossed him down like his head in the dirt, and everyone was like, and, That's yeah. yes, and, and even at tackle, like you know, people are constantly you know doing that huge long arm, yeah, chop it down, chop it down, get it, Absolutely. set him down. <laughs> um, so. D3, at least big time D3, has always been interesting to me, at least from my perspective of talking to my buddy who went to Mountain Union. One, how massive the teams are, or at least his team had like hundreds of guys. Like they had like two, they had like three number ones. So that's one of my questions. How many people were on your team? Is that, is that a similar situation? And two, they also got tons of transfers like every year from like major power five places coming in. Um, so how does that affect like the culture of the team in the locker room and, and how do you being like successful program and team take all that, that many people to coach well and like to be on the same page, but also new guys coming in too um, and playing predominant roles. Like how do you guys all gel so well together? Um, you know, being in such a massive team and, you know, not having much time is like a big D one school together practicing. So are you saying that like Mountain Union brings like 200 now, Mountain, Mountain Union has like 100 plus easy. Yeah. They have like okay, mul- so, they have multiple squads. Okay. So, yeah, we, you know, we do bring in, you know, quite a few people, but it's also, you know, very thought out process. I think a recruiting process, you know, especially being in Wisconsin and we're kind of like the second, you know, if you don't go to the Badgers, it's kind of, 
you know, maybe go entertain D2 in Minnesota. But a lot of people do come to, to Whitewater. And so the recruiting process, you know, we're able to be a little bit, you know, more selective with, with certain recruits and being really close to the Illinois border. There's a bunch of people from Illinois that all start on the team. But, you know, usually we'll, we'll start fall camp, you know, with about 150 guys, probably 150, something like that. And then, you know, we got to figure out, you know, how the, you know, team goes from there. And honestly, it's really not that hard. I, I think we just, you know, most of the, you know, Wisconsin, Illinois, I think we just all really just get to lo- get along really quickly together as friends. It's a really <laughs> awesome, awesome culture, whether you're starting or whether you're, you know, might be getting gray shirted or something like that. We're all just really good friends and it doesn't, doesn't really matter because we're all there to, you know, we're, we're all there for the same reason. You know, we love the game. You know, the division one thing didn't really work out and we just want to win. Yeah, that's how it always is for D3. And, you know, we are in the same situation where there's no reason you're playing other than for the, well, I'll say for most people coming D3, you're not playing for any reason other than the love of the game, honestly, because you're not playing for a scholarship. You're not playing for, I mean, at our school, at least, I mean, we didn't get any recognition. Being on the football team was almost a detriment at our school, it seemed like, at sometimes. So, um, yeah, I, that's honestly, D3 football is where, in many respects, it's the most pure form of the game. Um, so I, I always I always love meeting other guys in D3. Now, 100%. I love meeting D3 guys. It's so yeah. awesome. Yeah, of course. Now, I do want to ask about not to bring up, you know, sour memories, but uh, the, the national championship in 2019 when you guys uh, fell short against uh, North Central. What was it like being in that game specifically one, but two, also just being a part of the D3 uh, championship bracket? Like, I love the football, the D3 football um uh, format selection uh, show the selection yeah show, like yeah. the selection show and then be but also just being a part of a bracket you don't see that in football ever like you don't see it in d1 you don't you really don't see it anywhere other than we do it the right we do it the right way of course and it's, <laughs> yeah, it's right. so it's so <laughs> exactly fun. It's, ele- it's electric so i i guess i just want to ask you what what your experience was uh being a part of that and and then ultimately uh the final game and what was what it was like <clears throat> being a part of the national championship <clears throat> It's always so cool. You know, you finish out your conference season, uh, you know, we all get together uh, in our, in our big team meeting room and we get to watch the selection process and, you know, you get to see other teams, you know, the other side of the bracket and come through and then also you see, all right, right here, division three, Wisconsin, Whitewater. It's always kind of surreal to kind of hear that and see the name pop up. And then it's also even, it's even cooler to then see who the opponent is after that. to you know, see who we're going to be playing and whether, you know, home, home or away. You know, it's, it's such, it's so cool. You know, you win this and you're going to see what the next game is. I really enjoy the, the bracket, you know, process of it. And it was really cool in the 2019 season. You know, we went away to Mary Harden Baylor. We won. And then because St. John's won and that, I think they played a thriller game against Wheaton. I think they missed a field goal or something. So we were able to then get a home game after an away game, which was super cool. You'd have a home game in the playoffs at, you know, your own stadium. <laughs> And, oh, yeah. you know, and then we had to fly back down to Texas to go play on North Central. And, yeah, it was it was a really fun experience, you know, being at the hotel, being with everybody. And this is, this is you know, the tradition of Whitewater, you know, that you kind of sign up as a freshman of, like, you know, of going to the national championships and, you know, and competing at a, at a very high level all the time. And, you know, it was, it was definitely unfortunate to, to kind of, you know, it's unfortunate to lose. And it was really unfortunate to lose the kind of the way we did. 
you know, I think our playoff run was, was really tough. I think we had a really tough uh, way to get there. I know North Central had to play Mount Union, but mm-hmm. I, I was really hungry for this 2020 season. And I know uh, my class of, you know, we would have been seniors this year. We're really ready to get back to work and to, you know, end our senior year with a ring on our finger. Yeah, that was my next question. I, I don't know. I feel like maybe because we've just been in this COVID stuff for so long. When I when I looked that up, I kind of like forgot that 21, 2020 was actually canceled. And it kind of like threw me off. Like, damn. Like, so you missed your senior season, um, which which, is, which sucks. Um, sorry about that. That's terrible. I feel for all the guys, that, and not only the seniors, but just everybody in college during this, you know, not being like on campus with friends in general, just in school, which is terrible. Uh, but I read that you went up to your cabin in Ontario. Um, and if that's true, what kind of place is that? Is that like kind of like your getaway? Just <laughs> you, you took time to like go up there and just basically bust your ass for the, the upcoming draft. Yeah. So the, the Canada story has kind of taken a little bit of a little bit of a turn. So I didn't go there, um, you know, to, like for that reason. So I was doing like the summers before. Mm-hmm. So the summer before the 2018 season and the, 20, and the summer before the 2019 season, I was up there, um, you know, with my, uh, my great uncle owns a fishing camp up there. So, you know, I would stay up there on, on, a, on a remote Island in the middle of the Canadian bush. And yeah, I was, you know, fishing, working out and, you know, doing those kinds of things, you know, for the whole summer, I'll get done with finals, stay there all summer and then come back fall camp. This is big guy we, we break the news we're, we're setting records straight you were not up there just the whole 2020 <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what i read i was like because like, this guy's an animal yeah borders are borders are starting to close off right away so like that actually like couldn't happen even if i wanted it to yeah but yeah so i feel like i've asked every guy that we've interviewed uh, this same question but i'm ex- i'm especially excited to ask you again being a d3 guy because i remember when I was coming, when I was going into college, I remember seeing uh, Ali Marpet get get drafted, and that that just juiced me up as you know an incoming D three guy. And then last year, you know, you see Ben Barch, who you know from St. John's, who my my brothers played in the Mayak. They played against Ben Ben Barch, and um, I always loved seeing when D three guys get get the attention, and you know, not only get looks towards the NFL, but are actually going to get drafted. And that's, that's always exciting to me, but I'm always curious on how that process goes as a D three guy. When did you realize that it was maybe a possibility that you could end up, you know, having a chance to make it to the next level. And, and then what did, how did your mindset change after that? And, and sort of what was the timeline of all that? I'm, I'm just very curious about that whole process. Yeah, it's great. It's a great question. So pretty much a year, a year ago now, uh, it's, you know, we're in February that was when, you know, schools are still open and the, there was like that summer or that's uh, junior like spring day kind of a thing. So the, uh, the scout, um, a, a regional scout from the bears and the Packers uh, mm-hmm. came to Whitewater and a couple of us uh, got to kind of work out for them, you know, hand, hand size, you know, arm length, height, weight. Uh, we ran a 40 and did a wonder lick. So it was kind of like a, I don't know, mini, combine pro day thing just kind of to mm-hmm. see you know what we look like in person because film is film but you know seeing someone in person is different so that was For the sure. first you know hearing kind of my name and, and the nfl kind of together and from that point I, I took it you know very seriously i you know completely 
changing my diet. I'm not sure if you've watched the national championship film, but uh, I look pretty disgusting in that, in that tape. <laughs> I was 335 pounds, uh, put on a lot of weight throughout the year. Uh, you know, division three dining halls can do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> we we so, know that. <laughs> so, you know, you get the meal swipe and I don't know. So, oh, so yeah. So I completely, you know, kind of reevaluated my diet and really dialed in supplements and my, my training regimen. And we're really started working on uh, molding my body and also uh, picking up a new skill, which was uh, learning how to snap and play center uh, in my backyard. And so once I heard that there wasn't going to be a 2020 season, I was like, all right, well, that's, <laughs> that's tough. That, that, you know, usually you can kind of show progression from junior to senior year, you know, mm -hmm. heading into, you know, trying to get that senior bowl invite, you know, those kinds of things. That was kind of going through my head. It was like, all right, you know, I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to perfect my weight. I'm not going to go up to Canada this summer because I'm going to stay home and train and get ready for the football season. And so that we weren't able to have a season had the quarantine. So I was doing a lot of uh, lifting at home and snapping into garbage cans at my house to learn how to play center. And then, you know, as the year kind of kept going on, you know, cool, you know, cool things just kept happening. I, I had an opportunity when school went fully remote, I was able to train uh, with Duke Mannyweather and uh, Rashawn Slater uh, mm -hmm. in, oh, yeah. in November. And I was able to, you know, showcase a lot of cool things there. And, then, you know, two weeks out of the senior bowl, I get a call from Chip Nagy and he goes, we're inviting you to the senior bowl, which was just a real moment. And now I've got my pro day coming up. So it's moving fast. You know, it was moving a little slow. You know, I'm, I'm sure time was moving slow for everybody during quarantine. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, since, you know, since, you know, that, you know, things for me went a little bit normal with going back to school. And so days kind of started going by quicker. So mm -hmm. I, can't, I can't believe we're already here. I know. Crazy. I'm sure for you, I can assure you for everyone else, it was very slow, but I'm sure for you, it was a blur. Um, but I got to go, I got to go into the senior bowl. So you go guts out. I call it guts out for the boys. Was this, <laughs> is this something you always did or do, or is this a plan thing? And at what point did you know that you were going viral for it? Like, did you, like, cause I think you got, I don't know if you got interviewed the day after or that day, but like you got interviewed about like the whole, like the belly shirt thing. Um, so like run us through that whole scenario of doing that. And then like how things just went crazy, probably on your end. So in, in high school, I, I would always rock the belly out. Uh, I actually had the nickname in high school, uh, the gut. That was my, that was my nickname. <laughs> so, you know, that, that, you know, big belly you've, you've seen, I've had that since high school. It was clearly been refined and looks a little bit better in high school is a little bit uh, more on the fatter side. Loose. And then, yeah, loose. That's a good, that's a good way to put it. And then I also did that in college as well. And for separate reasons, I also got the nickname the gut in college as well. So honestly, uh, you know, the way I tell people is I was just being myself out there. Like I didn't even really think about it. Like mm -hmm. it was, all right, I got through my pre-practice, a warm up, you know, I'm starting to get hot, roll it up and go through practice that's just kind of how i've always <laughs> and then and then kind of that night uh i was my phone just kept just ding 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 because ding. after i got that interview with the, the nfl network yeah I, I wasn't even thinking about that my gut was out on live tv on nfl <laughs> network i wasn't even i was just like tired from practice i thought you were doing that on purpose like, so i i was i got done with practice and then some lady comes up to me and she goes 
she goes, uh, hey, hey, Quinn, uh, NFL Network wants to interview you. And I was like, is it going to be live? And she goes, yeah. And I was like, uh, can I get some water, please? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I did not do it on purpose. But then once I started seeing all the, like, hype on Twitter, I was like, well, now it feels like I am doing it on purpose. I was just being myself. And now I kind of felt, like, subconsciously, like, weird. But I was like, I can't look at that. I got to keep being myself. So it was it was really interesting that night at like midnight when I finally had free time to be like, holy crap, this is blowing up. So I had to quickly kind of turn off all of my notifications during the senior bowl week. I really wasn't able to look at a lot of what was happening. It was kind of the week after that. I really was focused mm. on trying to learn the playbook and mm. learning center on the job. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I saw that, when I first saw the the picture in the video of you during that interview, I mean, I laughed, but you know, and I was glad that, you know, that did kind of go viral and people were seeing that and people were enjoying it. But again, that was, that was something that we did in college too. Like, I think a lot of linemen from high school to college, they all do that where it's hot, you know, especially I know Wisconsin in, in during camp in August or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. It still gets it's, hot in Wisconsin. Yeah. Oh, it is hot. It's, it, it it's, I say this all the time from Minnesota, you know, it's, it's not only is it hot, it's humid. It's, it's the muggy, like thick air. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it gets hot. And so, I mean, we used to do that in college too. Every, every year during camp, you know, a couple times a week, we'd all just go guts out and you know, it's not unformed. It's not foreign to me to see that, but I I loved, you know, seeing that kind (laughs) of get the spotlight. Now I do want to ask, um, the senior bowl, when you, when you got to the senior bowl, was that some of the first real football that you had played in, you know, almost a year and a half, or did you do kind of simulated stuff like that when training with Duke and, and, and other places, or was that truly the first, you know, full line, full line, you know, you're going full go at each other. And, you know, since you had stopped in 2019, we did, we were fortunate at Whitewater to have a couple of practices this fall. You know, it, it was, you know, still a couple of practices. So mm-hmm. it was cool to get, you know, some of those, some reps in, but it was still no, nowhere near enough to, you know, to right. knock off some of the, the rust that I wanted to and to get more comfortable. But so those are like real, you know, those are the real live reps that we're seeing from a long time of not playing. So Especially, at, at, you know, I'm going to keep harping it. I, for playing center and snapping and doing one-on-ones against some of the top defensive tackles in this draft, and I think performing, you know, pretty well. Yeah, and that's one of my questions, and I'm just super curious about this. And maybe you you went against some of these guys in your training, um, but in, like, when you got to the Senior Bowl, was that, like, some well, your first time ever going against, like, Power 5 big-time guys, um, highly ranked, like, D-tackles, like you're saying? Um, and how, like, how did you approach that mentally? I, I, were you like high, fired up about it or any way, or were you kind of like, you just were so confident from the get go that you're like, you're like, I can block these guys. Or was there a specific moment where you like handled somebody really well? And you're like, you know what? Like these guys aren't that much better than I, like I thought they would be. So I, I wasn't able to go against anybody like throughout like training and stuff like that. You know, what I was able to do with Duke was, you know, we were holding the pad for each other with me and uh, Rashawn Slater. So not like, mm-hmm. so this was my first time, like, you know, for one, like just standing next to these guys and just seeing what they look like and, and stuff like that. You know, before, before the senior ball, I actually did watch a lot of film on them. Uh, I did watch, I kind of found out who was on, you know, the, the national team with me and searched their names on YouTube, uh, you know, Osa mm-hmm. Digizui highlights. 
and just yeah. go there and watch his 10 minute highlight or watch a game. Cause people, you know, people on draft Twitter make those cutouts and it makes it real easy for me to just go out there and find a cutout. Mm-hmm. So that was my first time going against those guys, you know, those power five guys, you know, for real. And, you know, going into it, it was, I'm just going to be, be who I am. That was my, you know, I always said that to myself, be myself. And, you know, I, I understood I had a lot of, you know, that first, those first couple of reps, there's a lot behind it. Like, you know, not only whitewater football, but it's like division three football, the big guy, like, you know, those, the guys that are always counted out. Like, there's a lot of that like, yeah. in the back of the head. So I wanted to, you know, prove something. I will, I wanted to prove something. And my big thing I wanted to prove people wrong was that, that level of competition question. So that, I was so excited to just, you know, put, get my hands on those guys and show them who the Hawks are, man. Cause it was, yeah, it was that's cool. so awesome. I'm getting like, then, fired up just sitting here right now. You know, <laughs> you know, not even, no, not even just the Hawks, you know, D3 football, the, yeah, the, WI, awesome. the WIEC, you know, and mm-hmm. it was, I actually learned very quickly that I was able to kind of hang with these guys, you know, um, I started at center and it was, you know, they were kind of, you know, jumping the snap kind of a little bit very quickly on me. But once I started nailing that snap, getting comfortable and, and doing stuff like that, I mean, it was like first, you know, three, four snaps. I was like, I was like, I was like, I was kind of in my head. I was like, really? Cause I had it way more blown up in my head of like how crazy the difference was going to be. Yeah. And it, it, it did not feel that way for me. I, I think I just trained and prepared myself so well. So it's not not to be like in a in a cocky way, but I just and, and I think it even speaks for itself on the film how seamless yeah, you know, sure. kind of transition. So yeah, I mean that just speaks to it. If you can play, you can play. It doesn't matter where you come from. If you know, if you got if you got the skills, you got the body, you got the the you know the football instincts to to play, you can play. It doesn't matter where you come from. So I absolutely love hearing that. Um, now I do want to ask about being a center, and like you've said a couple times, you know you didn't have any experience playing center before coming to the senior bowl. Um, or, you know, you, you obviously practice and, and whatnot leading up to it. But um, as a center, one thing that I think a lot of people don't know, and even some linemen who haven't played the center position is it's a lot harder than it looks because not only is it, is it getting the snap down where, you know, every time it's in the same place coming straight to the quarterback, but you also have to be able to time and get used to timing your, your snap when you're, your hands between your legs and you're already taking your first step. What, what was the hardest part about for you transitioning into a, you know, a center to being a center? It's still, it's still something I'm, I'm consistently working on. And it's like, you know, it's really tested in what, in one-on-ones, but it's when they line up over your snap hand. So oh, yeah. I, I was, I did get beat, you know, a couple of times in one-on-ones. That's just what happens. And so the big thing, you know, when, you know, they're lining up on your snapping hand is, you know, they understand that your hand's going to be a split second late trying to come back up. So mm-hmm. they're just going to, they're just going to knock it down if you don't, you know, so you got to cover your hand, which is then you got to get depth off the line as you're snapping it. So that way you can get depth, bring your hand back up. So that way it's not as it's coming up, they can't knock it down. So that was the, you know, there were a couple of reps where I was going too lateral right away. So then they were able to chop my arm, grab my, and get behind my shoulder. So that was yep. a, a thing I'm still working on, which is, is snapping with depth and then covering this hand with my footwork and then being able to punch with my other hand that's up. So it's really, it's almost an advantage in my opinion when they're on the, my up hand, cause I can snap and punch at the same time yeah. and get, 
and then get this hand on them. And then as my other hand's coming back up, I can react to like a spin move or another mm -hmm. type of move. Yeah. So you mentioned you, you were in Texas and I believe that's where is, are you training with Duke still to right mm -hmm. now? Um, and if you are kind of talk about like what he's doing right now, I feel like he's really kind of exploded onto the scene these past few years and really taken off with his brand, the online masterminds. Um, and maybe he's helped you out with some of these techniques that you're talking about right now. Uh, right now I'm training at Exos in, in Frisco, Texas. Okay. I mean, it's like kind of like right down the street from uh, Michael Johnson's performance where, where Duke is, is working out of, but I, I can't speak to the three weeks that I was uh, training with him in November. And, you know, I, I have never taken a pass set out of a two point stance in my life ever. We never went in two point stances at Whitewater. So if, if you ever watched any of the clips and where I'm in a two point stance, never been in a two point stance, like not even at Whitewater, wow. like Whitewater practice. That was my first time battle testing a two point stance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that rep against, uh, you know, Patrick Jones, that was my first time, you know, I've been, I haven't played right guard in a real long time. I also haven't been in a two point stance ever. So that was, those are new things I was trying to you know, keep adding. So Duke, so Duke helps with, you know, am I, am I getting better, you know, at my stance? And just kind of understanding, uh, you know, just kind of the, you know, the basic elements to, to pass pro, which is, you know, stance, you know, the rule of stance, get out of your stance and just kind of having a plan. It's just incredibly impressive to me that some of these, these, you know, basic tenets of, of playing a line, especially in the NFL two point stance and, and then being a center for the first time against, you know, a big step up in competition, at least on paper, it's, it really speaks to your ability as a, as a player. So, you know, nothing but, but respect for you. Um, now I, I, I want to ask about what you right now, what is your main focus uh, as you're coming, as the draft is sort of approaching? Um, are you just preparing right now for, for your pro day or is, uh, are, are you doing a lot of interviews with teams right now? What, what does your day-to-day -day kind of schedule look like nowadays? So the main thing I'm focusing on right now is, is the, is the pro day. So that's kind of the big, you know, the next thing to check off, you know, like, you know, all right, senior bowl done. And now it's, I got to get through all the medical stuff that uh, the NFL combine is doing this year. Cause there isn't an actual combine this year. So getting through those, those medical, the medical process, with those, you know, this is a time where I will be meeting with, uh, you know, virtually with, with uh, teams and, you know, answering any other questions that they have. Because it was really nice at the Senior Bowl to be able to knock out a ton of like 15-minute interviews. We had uh, two separate nights of four and a half hours of just 15-minute interviews, like the next, the next, the next. Yeah. So that's kind of the it's knock out the pro day, and then once the pro day is over with, then there's kind of uh, just you know keep training and getting ready for you know kind of getting ready for football. Because right now I've been training like a to be a track athlete, you know, trying to get you know you know faster and stuff like that. And now it's back to you know, let's keep learning the fundamentals of being lineman and getting bigger and stronger. Mm -hmm. And I always like to ask in our interviews, because it's not always about football. We're, we're humans at the end of the day as well. Um, what do you like to do outside of football? Now, I don't know if you're doing anything right now in Frisco, Texas, but maybe back at Wisconsin or, or up at a fishing cabin on Ontario. Um, what are some of the things you like to do off the field, whether it's like video uh -huh. games or fishing, like you mentioned, um, to kind of like get away from the game and kind of just, you know, blow some steam off. For sure. It has to be video games. I, I do enjoy, you know, I, I do, you know, I work out, you know, a lot and, and very hard. <laughs> it's awesome to be able to get, kind of get off the feet, 
get away from, you know, football and stuff like that. So I do play video games. Uh, my game of choice is on the computer. It's called uh, League of Legends. Mm, yeah. That's the uh, that's the game that I play. I haven't been able to play it in a long time, and I'm, I'm looking forward to having some downtime to be able to, you know, pop on a couple games. And then, yeah, fishing, you know, fishing in the summer. Uh, you know, up in Canada, I've been spoiled with the the quality of fishing up there because, I mean, you can catch so many awesome quality fish um, up mm-hmm. there. And uh, hopefully I'm trying to you – know, my buddy is uh, really uh, – he likes uh, turkey hunting a lot, so I'm going to try to get a turkey tag this spring and do that. Nice. So in terms of lake fishing, what's your, what's your favorite like fish that you, I, I assume lake fishing and what, what's your favorite lake fish to, to go for? Cause for me, it's walleye. There's nothing better than one, the fight of a walleye, but also two, when you're, when you're able to catch one, bring it home, clean it, fry it up. Like walleye is for me, the undefeated goat of lake fish. Walleye a hundred percent, but oh. I think Northern does come into it. Northern pike do come into a nice second just because they do also fight really hard as well but they are a pain you you try to not get them in your boat because they're all because how slimy they are so slimy and their teeth you can i mean you can get cut up by the by by mm -hmm. a pike easily so there's there's a whole bunch of walleye spots up like you can catch multiple 30 inches in a day of Uh walleye and like those are trophy those are trophy walleyes that you can just keep catching and throwing them back but yeah they're great they're great eating fish and uh, I'm sure you know of pike. They how they have that Y bone. Mm-hmm. My uh, my great uncle has a it's amazing technique how to easily keep it a whole fillet and still get all the Y bones out. And I I've gotten really? pretty good at the technique and it's great. It's it works. So like you take a it's like a you find the front of the bones and you do like a J cut and then you go behind the bones and do another J cut and then kind of scoop them up at the end and then you can kind of pull it out like a zipper. And then the whole entire set of Y bones come out and you still get the whole filet. See, see pikes are, that's something that my family, like we almost, we just don't, we just don't keep them. If if we catch them, we're like, all right, that was fun, but I'm not eating the pike. Like I don't, I don't want to stab my mouth while I'm eating it. So we usually (laughs) just throw them back. They do taste really good. They do taste really good, to be honest. I've gotten really good at cleaning them and they do taste good. Interesting. It's just that that Y bone. Because we have to, we have to keep them whole because people, when they come up there, they want to take their pike back home. So we mm-hmm. have to keep the fish whole so that way they can measure it and make sure it's still in regulation. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. You ever go musky fishing at all? I have not. It does not, that does not sound like a fun type of fishing. <laughs> it is like, it legit scary. It's like, it's like a, it's like a pike on steroids. Like they are just monsters. And well, like the lures are massive. Like everything's a, it's like, am I crazy. ocean? It's like, am I ocean fishing or am I? It, it literally <laughs> is like you're fishing for a sh- like a lake shark, essentially. It's crazy. Um, so one thing we always also love to ask, uh, our guests before we let them go is, is, uh, the favorite cheat meal. And as big guys, we always have a, a cheat meal. Maybe you might not be indulging now since you're very focused on, on nutrition and just your body in general, but and, you know, once, once the draft process is over, what's the first thing you're, you're going for? And, and if it's Culver's, like you already said earlier, what's a, what's another one? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I was, yeah, I was going to for sure give you another one. So Culver's is definitely a number one. And I think you'll, you'll understand this as well. Number two is going to quick trip and getting some glazers. See, okay. I was going to ask getting you about quick trip. I was going to ask you about quick trip, but <laughs> I wasn't going like, to bring it in. Listen to this. Listen to this. They spelled quick trip down here. They spelled quick trip in Texas with a Q. Are you, what? that's not even, 
It's, it's a, Quick Trip with a K. Is this is it technically the oh same? Oh my company? god! I I never no, heard it's of a Quick Trip with a K. I only know okay. the one with the Q. But yeah, I'm definitely gonna get to like the. I think the deal is like two for five ninety nine. You get twelve donuts for oh, yeah. five ninety nine. Yeah, I'm oh, going yeah. to get some glazers. I love it. Yeah, the blue bla- blueberry glazers are the best. Oh yeah, it's it's hilarious because I've recently, you know, not being in the Midwest anymore, it's you know those kind of things are kind of out of sight, out of mind a lot. But with being a Packers fan and everyone's obsessed with you know the rumors of JJ Watt and whatnot, and everyone's trying to lure him back by mentioning Culver's and Quick Trip, those two things specifically, they're like, well, if you want a Quick Trip, there's like thirty in the Green Bay area. So if you're you know if you're really trying to yeah. come home, get get back to to Quick Trip. You know this is where to be. <clears throat> yeah and he's actually training at the gym that i was training at for a long time and, and that's where he kind of built his story in uh waukesha wisconsin at, at oh, next yeah. level and i'm looking forward to when i fly back to wisconsin to go train with hopefully the hopefully I get to train with those Watt, the watt brothers that would be cool it's good absolutely that'd be awesome all right well quinn we really want to uh thank you for your time i uh, really appreciate you coming on with us uh it, it's exciting always to have a guy like you especially a d3 guy uh join us and you know, we can't wait to see what happens with you in the coming months and in the draft. And, uh, you know, we, you got supporters, uh, you got supporters in the big guy family and, um, to anyone listening, please go, go buy a shirt, get a belly beast shirt, uh, help out for hugs for Atlanta. And, uh, once again, thanks again. Thanks a lot, Quinn. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Had fun enlightening the people of what it's like to be Wisconsin and we breed Wisconsin linemen all the time. We got the curds. We got the we got the custard. Yeah. And quick trip. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Thanks again, Quinn. Again, big thanks to Quinn for coming on with us. Uh, super fun to have him on. D three legend. Uh, always, always love giving giving a shout out to those guys. Um, also, super fun for me talking to a guy from Wisconsin uh, and being from Minnesota. There's a lot of similarities between the two, um, as you guys could tell in the interview. Lots of lots of food debates and food uh, places that that we have in common. That <laughs> we uh, it, it's just fun talking about those kind of places. You know, me not living there anymore. Uh, it's fun to be able to go go through the the entirety of the fast food landscape out in the midwest with quick trip and cops and culvers and cheese curds all that stuff it's 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 all fun um and then also you know we're we're excited pat and i are very excited to be able to be a part of the um some fundraising maybe for uh for quinn's charity that he's been helping out uh hugs for elena um, he, of course, he's got the shirts, which we're going to do a giveaway for five of those um, on our Big Uglies Twitter, uh, the Big Uglies Twitter account, uh, the big at the Big Uglies Pod. So be sure to follow us there um, to get into that giveaway. And uh, if you also feel so inclined, feel free to buy shirts on your own and donate to the GoFundMe, which we will link in the in those tweets. And with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Big Uglies Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at WeAreBigGuys, as well as at our new Twitter account at the Big Uglies Pod. Also, don't forget to download, subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. And uh, please be sure to leave a review if you can uh, to everyone who has already. Thank you. It helps us all a lot um, with the algorithm and whatnot with podcasts, and who knows how that all works, but it helps us out. So if you can do that, that'd be great. Um, and don't forget to hit up our merch shop on the We Are Big Guys account for all your big man apparel needs. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time.